Hello and welcome to Devs Advocate, a podcast where a couple of uh, indie game developers talk to and get to know other indie game developers. Before we get to uh, into our interview today, I just want to have a little public service announcement uh, for all the developers out there. Please, please back up your projects and uh, use GitHub if you can, because mine just got corrupted and I'm in a oh. in a spiral of a nightmare right now. <laughs> oh no. Oh no! Yeah. I'm so sorry that happened yeah, to you. Yeah, it's it's not it's not. Uh, I don't have to start completely from scratch, but it's just going to be uh, a lot of very tedious and monotonous work to get it back to where it was. I'm so sorry. It's going to work out though for you in the end. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So with that said, today uh, on our show we have Trevor Monk. Hi, Trevor. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I've been following your work on Twitter for a while. Uh, before we get into the knit and gritty, nitty gritty of uh, what you've been doing lately, um, one thing that I noticed, you know, just getting to know different game developers is uh, if you, you know, ever ask them to, you know, talk about their personal lives a bit and their upbringing. Most of the time, they usually say they spent a lot of time in their childhood playing video games and stuff, which is uh, obviously integral to them getting into game development. So uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself as far as um, you know your history goes and uh, how that all led into you wanting to get into game development? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so yeah, first off, you know, thanks again for for having me on. I'm excited to be here and everything. Uh, and yeah, so a little bit about myself. My name is Trevor Mock. Um, I'm a software engineer, and I also do indie game development in my free time. Um, yeah, and a little bit about my upbringing and just how I got into indie game development and everything. Um, I mean, obviously, I huge fan of video games. Like like I think any other game indie <laughs> game developer, I kind of grew up with them, all that good stuff. Um, and really kind of what draws me to them is it's just such a cool medium that brings together so many other art forms. Um, actually, growing up, I was pretty big into music and I actually played in uh, guitar in a heavy metal band for about seven years. Oh, cool. Um, and so I was super hard set on actually becoming a professional musician. Um, and I was doing like indie games and that kind of stuff on the side just because I kind of like that stuff. And I, I've always had a lot of interests in a lot of different places. Um, so, so yeah, um, right now, that's that's kind of where where I'm at um, is is working on a game and being part of the indie game development community, which is some, something I've been getting into more recently. Mm -hmm. I've always done my projects kind of on the side, and then just this last um, I think I've I've been on Twitter maybe about six or seven months now, and I've I've really been kind of learning about it and getting into it. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us about the current game you're working on? Sure. Yeah. Of course. Um, so yeah, I'm working on a, a precision platformer kind of game. Um, it's I have it kind of untitled out there right now, but I, I did come up with a, with a title for it, and I, I have like kind of a small group of close friends and stuff that I bounce ideas off of, and you know they help play test and, and all that good stuff, and I've, I've gone through you know story and fleshing that out with with them as well. But I'm going to call it the Path of Ren, uh, and so the Path of Ren is basically a precision platformer game. Uh, it's really similar to games like Celeste and Super Meat Boy. And it takes place in this spirit world-like setting that's between life and death. Um, and it's going to be extremely story-driven. Uh, that's something that's really important to me, although I haven't been able to show that as much on social media. I've got a, I've got a whole story kind of mm. fleshed out behind it. 
Um, and yeah, I take a lot of inspiration from like anime and like Studio Ghibli films. Um, I don't know how you get how familiar you guys are with, with that whole world or anything. Um, but yeah, just to say, so we just got the exclusive name drop. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> the official yeah. title reveal right here. Yeah, on yeah. yeah. It, it, it really yeah. is. Yeah, I haven't talked about it publicly at least yet. Um, oh, yeah. well, thank you for that. <laughs> oh, no problem, guys. Yeah. You're developing the entire game all by yourself? Yeah, yeah, so I am. So I do have somebody, um, so being part of the music scene and stuff growing up and everything, I, I know tons and tons of musicians. So when I kind of put it out there that I was working on a video game, I had a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, hey, I really want to do the music for this and everything. And um, so, so I do have somebody else doing the music mm -hmm. for it. Um, and I mean, I, I would be really excited to do the music myself, but at the same time, having that kind of taken off of my plate a little bit and having somebody else who, who's actually done some, some really awesome things. They've never worked on a video game before, but they've done uh, some, some really cool like commercials and um, they've done some like scores for film and that kind of stuff. Um, I'm really excited to have them working on it. So they're going to do the music for it. Uh, and I'm working very closely with them on that, of course. Um, but other, other than that, yeah, everything else is, uh, is, is all me. Very cool. Awesome. Um, what are like the mechanics, if, if you can describe the game for someone who's not looking at the game, what are the mechanics of the game and how does it flow? Sure, yeah. So right now I really consider the game to be in kind of a prototype kind of phase. I'm really figuring out you know, what the game actually feels like, what it looks like still. Um, I know that's almost kind of a weird thing to say. It's like about seven or so months into this project and everything, <laughs> but <laughs> that's just you know that's that's the process of building. I'm trying to build my skills and, and really make something you know I can be proud of there. But um, kind of back to your question, so I'm, I'm still kind of figuring out exactly how the game's going to flow. Uh, I think I'm leaning towards something that's going to be closer to um, like a game like Celeste, for example, where. It's like you've got all this precision platforming, but one level kind of flows right into the other level, as opposed to having like a UI where it's like, here's level one, here's level two, mm -hmm. and, and so on. Um, so I'm, I'm really going to go with, at least right now, because I want a very story-driven kind of you know backing to the game. Um, I, th I think that's going to fit a little better as, as far as how that flows. And then mechanic-wise, um, Basically, so you, you play as this character, and it's you've got your traditional platforming, you know, your typical run and jump. Uh, you can also cling and climb on any wall or on any ceiling. Um, and then the uh, kind of, I guess, tricky part you could say is you collect these things that I'm calling orbs. And when you collect an orb, it gives you some special mechanic, right? And so right now, I've only got a couple of those. I've got lots and lots of ideas for other ones. Um, but basically, the idea is, right, you'd collect an orb, and it'll give you the ability to do a dash. Or you collect an orb, and it'll give you the ability mm. to do, like, a fly move. Or uh, I'm working on this cool, like, ghost trail move right now that um, that's got tons of bugs in it um, that hopefully maybe I'll be able to show a little this next month. Um, so, so yeah, that's, I, I guess, kind of a hopefully quick rundown there. Mm -hmm. But um, I know you said you're comparing it to Celeste from the screenshots, the you know animated screenshots I've seen. It's not it's not a single screen game though. You do scroll through the levels. Yeah, that is correct. So it's definitely yeah, it's it's definitely kind of like a it, it's I'm really kind of crossing that boundary between a Metroidvania game and just like a precision platformer, right? So I'm gonna have a lot of things that are very Metroidvania like. 
I uh, might not necessarily have upgrades and those kinds of things, but I guess to look at like the feel of the game, right? Like one of the draws of the game, I really want to be like exploration and exploring this this kind of world. Uh, but at the same time, the core focus is going to be precision platforming, right? Mm -hmm. and each challenge you come across, it's going to be about platforming, right? There's not going to be in combat or anything like that. Um, but yeah, exactly what you just said, right? It's it's definitely like a bit of a side scroller, and you're kind of side scrolling through these levels uh, rather than. Yeah, if, if, if that. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you start working on the game just like, all right, here's a blank project and you need, I'm just going to like see if I can make a character move and then go from there? Or was like, I have this idea to make this game, it's going to be a platform and do this, this, and that. How did it evolve? Sure, that's a, that's a great question. Um, let me think about how I want to answer that. So... <laughs> <laughs> There's no wrong answer. Yeah. No, right, right. Um, yeah, so how I went about it, um, I, I guess I'm going to answer this in a couple different ways. So I didn't start with just a blank Unity project. Um, I come from like a software engineering kind of background, and, and I, you know, the idea there, you, you really try to reuse things when you can, and you try not to reinvent the wheel and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I've taken some of those practices, and I actually started with a project by um, Mix and Jam. Uh, and it's a project where they tried to, it's, it's, it's out there on YouTube, and it's a project where they basically tried to recreate some of um, the movement that's done in Celeste. And so I started with that as a base, because I was like, that'll at least get me you know, a character moving around and all that good stuff. Um, and I, I've gone through the whole process of, of building game engines and building platformers from scratch and all that stuff. And I just wasn't interested. I wanted to get to the game part, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're done that. Yeah, so so I started with that, and then that's definitely evolved. Um, I mean, I, I've ripped out pretty much all of it at this point and and replaced it, but I I, I definitely started with something rather than starting with just a blank a blank project. Yeah, cool. So, what made you want to continue building on it? I mean, I know that's always usually a good jumping off point doing a game jam, but uh, obviously, well, it seems like. I guess what I'm asking is, uh, what were the inspirations that made you want to stick with it and build it into something of your own? Other than, um, you know, the visual aspect of it, which you already mentioned, um, you know, anime studio Ghibli type stuff. Definitely, yeah. So if even before kind of starting this project, um, I, I really wanted to kind of portray just some kind of story. And I can give you guys a little information maybe on like the backbone of the story and kind of where I'm going with it and the scope of the game and that kind of stuff. Um, it's all stuff that I've been fleshing out like crazy, but I, I can tell you I've had this, this kind of raw backbone since even before starting the game. And I was like, I want to make a game about this, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. And so let me start here. So the game is going to be, it's going to be five zones in total. And so each zone is going to be, for example, what you see on Twitter right now with all the cherry blossoms and um, that, that kind of you know brighter art and that kind of stuff. Um, that's all one zone, right? Um, and so I'm starting to kind of come out with some other posts with this like bamboo forest kind of theme. Uh, that's going to be another zone, right? So they're each going to be very distinct in their appearance as well as their story and uh, also, of course, their mechanics. Um, and yeah, they'll be made up of a variety of levels, quote unquote levels, right? So it's it's not mm -hmm. like you're selecting level one, level two, but it's like you're kind of flowing right. through, you know, here's level one of the platformer, and now the challenge is getting bigger, you know, we're making this mechanic more complicated um, and that kind of stuff. Um, 
So on a more abstract level, the game is really about the process of pursuing some ambitious goal without not necessarily knowing where that goal will take you or even if you'll succeed or not. Um, and so those five different zones are really representations of different steps in it that I, I think at least, and kind of how I've broken apart, you know, broken apart that process of achieving some ambitious goal and, and kind of exploring fulfillment and, and what that means. Um, and so I can give a quick overview really quick of, of the five zones and what they are and kind of how they relate to that. So sure. uh, the, sure. cool. Um, yeah, so the first zone is called renewal. Is That's kind of what I've been calling it. I don't know what it'll end up being called, if anything. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really, the, you know, the cherry blossoms and all that kind of stuff. And that's really the idea and the beauty of having uh, a dream or having some ambitious goal to work towards. Um, and this is kind of really about the conception of what that is and what that means. Uh, the second zone is going to be about exploration. Uh, and so I chose a forest to represent that. And that's really the exploration of, what that dream or what that ambitious goal means and you know what that could bring mm -hmm. uh, and so on right and so it's this idea that you know as you're exploring uh, you know something really big like that you know the more you explore into it the more dangerous it feels um, but at the same time if you stop exploring it, it dies altogether and so I'm really going to be trying to capture some of those concepts and this contrast of, of exploration versus you know danger and that kind of stuff um, and so yeah I started showing that one a little bit on social media. Uh, Right now, I'm actually in the process of fleshing out uh, the next zone, which is going to be about distraction. Uh, and I chose a, a city to represent that. And mm -hmm. it's really about the distractions that prevent you from actually working towards the things that are most important, right? And so, I mean, just a couple examples, you know, working working a dead-end job or working a job that you hate. Um, I, I have a little bit of a corporate background, and I, I hated working for a corporate company. That's a whole other topic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> and then so I've, I've channeled all my hatred towards that. Um, no, but it's, 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 it's really about the distractions that keep you from pursuing the things that you actually want to be pursuing. Um, and so that's what that zone's about. Uh, and then the next zone is about fear and doubt. Uh, and I'm going to represent that, I think, with like a dark desert wasteland kind of thing. Um, and I haven't necessarily started fleshing out the zone and what it actually looks like just yet, but it's really going to encompass kind of those negative emotions that come, you know, that just come with the process of pursuing something really big and ambitious. Uh, and then the last zone is going to be about fulfillment, and it's going to kind of wrap all that up in a sense, and it's going to really show, it's, it's really going to explore, you know, what is fulfillment and is pursuing something in fulfillment or is achieving something fulfillment, um, and what does that look like a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's ways to a lot of ways to spin that and i'm still kind of fleshing out and figuring out exactly what that's going to look like um and so that's kind of so back to your original question right that's kind of the backbone of the game and that's kind of the inspiration that i wanted to go off of i really just wanted to explore this idea of you know what is it to be fulfilled and what is it to you know work towards some ambitious goal and is that fulfillment um or if not, what is, right? And so I'm going to have some other characters that you kind of meet along the way, and we're going to explore, you know, their character arcs and those kinds of things, um, corresponding to different zones and all that, which will, which will kind of encompass what each one of those steps means. Um, and so that's the backbone I built it off of. And so my, that's been kind of my, you know, inspiration for everything. So any decision that I make for the game, 
whether that's, you know, for example, that first area, you know, cherry blossoms, and, and I want to, you know, portray that everywhere, not just because of, you know, the strong kind of Japanese or like Ghibli or anime themes that go with it, which, which I, I think are cool, just, just in general, uh, but because mm-hmm. you know, they represent that idea of renewal and that idea that, you know, to start something, something else has to end, or when something else ends, right, it's, it's a whole cycle, uh, something else is starting. Um, and it's not necessarily about that destination, but it's about those moments within that. Um, and yeah, that's, I, I think that answers, hopefully that answers the question. I didn't drift too far from that. <laughs> no, I think that's really interesting how many emotions and like feelings are tied to each level. Um, is that coming from somewhere personal or is it just sort of an idea you had of like, what if you flow through this kind of, it's almost like a life adventure that you're describing? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's I'm, I'm sure it's personal as well. Um, it's it's probably a little bit of both, right? It's definitely personal, but it's definitely a little bit of this idea as well. Um, and I, I look at it in, in in a couple of ways, right? Like when I was in uh, my band, right? I, I feel like we achieved some pretty great things. Um, we didn't. I, I, I don't. I don't know. It's like that. As soon as you've gotten to a level in something where it's like, mm-hmm. wow, I didn't think I would get here, right? I didn't think I, I would be touring the country or I didn't think I would be, you know, my indie game would sell this much. You don't really feel fulfilled. Um, I mean, you feel fulfilled in some sense, but now all of a sudden you're like, well, this journey's over, you know, what next? Mm. Uh, and, and that kind of really inspired, and that's that's been pretty repetitive throughout my life so far, right? With the band or even pursuing software engineering, right? And, so um, I went and got a degree in computer science and did all that stuff and became the software engineer. And for the longest time, I was like, man, I just want a good paying job and I want to be doing something I like every day. And it's like, OK, I'm there. Uh, what next? Right. right. It's, it's like it's, it's that you really can't be looking at the destination. And I know that's a total cliche, right? It's, it's about the journey, not the destination. But that, I, th- I think that's really kind of what, I, what, I'm, what I'm getting at with, with all of that. I think it's a, I mean, cliche for a reason, because especially, you know, for people like game developers, you know, that journey is going to have to be enjoyable, because if all you're thinking about is the destination, you're going to not be a very happy camper. Exactly, man, exactly. Yeah. And I was going to ask if, if, I mean, it, just right off the bat, I was like, oh, it's an allegory for being a game developer, but I guess it is a very universal kind of, um process for anybody who was trying to achieve a long-term goal right exactly yeah it's i think it spreads across really any any it, like you said it's 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 universal right it's it's something that it, it could be in really any industry right and i mean i've seen it in music i've seen it in software obviously super pro, you know relevant in game development as well um and i'm sure all their kinds of forms of art mm-hmm. but yeah yeah completely agree so, so how did you start um, as a game developer? I mean, I can, you know, you said you're coming from a software developer background, but uh, specifically, did you start out with just, uh, you know, researching and finding out about Unity and then doing game jams, or how did that your game developer journey uh, come about? Sure. Yeah. Great question. So. Um, I, I think what it comes down to is I've, even from a really young age, I've really always been interested in telling a story, right? And so the earliest thing I can kind of, or the earliest, like, 
game development I could remember doing. Uh, was back when I was, I think, in elementary school, um, and I would just, you know, see something that inspired me, maybe on, you know, TV. I'd, I'd watch some cool SpongeBob episode, and I'd be like, "Wow, that was cool!" And <laughs> I would jump into RPG Maker, and I would create these little scenarios. Um, and I, you know, I'd build out these these very small, unpolished mm-hmm. um, games uh, in RPG Maker, and so that's kind of the earliest thing that I can think of um, as, as far as that goes. And then, of course, I, I went to school for computer science, um, and I kind of went down that software path. Um, but I mean, part of me, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. And part of me knew that if I was better at programming, you know, I'd be able to maybe make games better. Um, and then there's, I mean, there's a lot that, you know, kind of surrounds that choice as well. Um, but I mean, I've always kind of been making games. I actually, so from RPG Maker, um, I went to actually doing, and this is, I guess, a little bit more in the future, right? More during college, um, I, I did like Java OpenGL. And so the, the reason for that was in college, they were teaching Java. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I knew. That's what I was learning. So I went and I was like, how do I make games in Java? Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Java OpenGL, I followed a bunch of YouTube tutorials and I built out my own little 3D game engine. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a bunch of other really small projects that are just, small things that I've never released um, in Java-related frameworks. Uh, LibGDX is, is one that I used quite a bit. Uh, and then it wasn't until after college uh, when I got a corporate job, um, I was on a really large-scale C-sharp project. And then I kind of came across Unity around the same time. And I, I was enjoying C-sharp for the most part. It was very Java-like. And I, I, when I came across Unity, it was this really magical thing because up until that point, I had really been building out my own game engines. And then Unity was this other side of the thing where it's like, the game engine's done, now actually go build the game, right? Actually go tell your story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really what drew me into yeah. Unity um, over those. And, and really it was a combination of that and that familiarity with, I'm like, okay, this isn't C-sharp. I work in C-sharp right now. I can do this kind of thing. Um, and then, of course, I mean, Unity's got so many resources and all that kind of stuff out there as well that it was super easy to get into from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I created a lot of unfinished, just unpolished games in, in Unity. So I've done anything from, like, tower defense games to, like, 3D RPGs to platformers, casual phone games. Mm-hmm. All things that I, you know, some of them I released in very small form, but I've never actually... Um, what am, I, what am I trying to say? I, I've never actually like publicly released anything. Or I've never marketed anything mm-hmm. until my current project. Um, but that's really what the challenge I'm trying to take on with my current project is to not only create something, but you know, for one, follow up through to the finish, and then for two, maybe actually grow some people that are you know actually interested in that. So, how has the community been? Um, you've been posting on Twitter since last September, something like that and getting feedback, what's that been like versus kind of just doing it in the dark on your own? Yeah, it's really been um, kind of revolutionary to, to actually be posting a pro- posting about a project and actually gathering feedback and, I don't know, like throwing it out there and, and being vulnerable and learning what's working and what's not working, right? Because when you're developing a game without doing that, uh, you're really doing it in the dark and it's like you could show it to friends or, or whatever and they can give you their feedback but when you throw it on social media you, you definitely get some you know some good good honest feedback or you don't get any feedback at all and that also tells you something mm-hmm. right it's not engaging enough or it's not right. interesting enough 
Um, so it's it's been an awesome experience. And for for anyone else listening that's working on a game that's not throwing it out there on social media, I, I'd really encourage you to give that a shot, even if it's just like a, a once every couple weeks kind of thing. Because um, I, I think it's changed my whole perspective on on how you should be developing a game and then as an indie developer. Good to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started sharing my project around the same time, actually, around last August, September. Um, and yeah, I found that to be true as well. The community on Twitter was surprisingly supportive, actually, giving all the nightmares I hear about Twitter, usually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Like, the community on Twitter... And I actually started with Instagram, and then I, I joined Twitter like a month after I started posting my project on Instagram. But both communities, just indie game development in general, everyone is just so supportive and, and so mm -hmm. great. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's been just a great experience overall. And it's this terrifying thing if you haven't done it, right? At least for me, it was this huge terrifying thing because I really wasn't in the social media at all. Um, and it was very new to me getting into it for game development. Like I had mm -hmm. an Instagram page. Um, and I would, when I was in the band, I would post these, you know, little pictures and stuff every once in a while, and they would get a couple likes or whatever. Mm -hmm. it, it's just this whole different experience when you actually take something that you're really working on in this project that you care about, and you're posting that out there, and you're actually doing it in a way where you know you're using hashtags and you're trying to actually get eyes on it, and then you do get eyes on it, and people are actually commenting on it, and it's not only encouraging and fulfilling while you're going through that, but it's 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 just all around a good thing, right? You're gaining feedback, you're getting encouragement, and you're building an audience, not only for mm -hmm. that game, but if you do it in the right way, that audience could be for your next game. You know, you could spin off and you could do some animated series afterwards. You could even, if you've built an audience, you can go and release a full-length album after you've made an indie game. And people are going to buy that album because maybe they liked your game and now they want to mm -hmm. see you know what you've done. Whereas if you don't have that audience built, um, you're just not gonna you could release this awesome album or this awesome game and you're gonna get zero potentially you know zero downloads so coming from a software background how do you compare working game development versus the applications you were writing before yeah so i i definitely like both um and software engineering and programming and all that's definitely um I, I would say kind of my you know strong area when it comes to game development now, how much I liked working on applications versus game development, I love game development so much more. Um, and that's not to say that I don't not enjoy working on applications too, right? There, and there, there's kind of two sides to it. Like what I really like about working on applications, um, and so I, I worked in the aerospace and defense kind of industry uh, for, for software development. We got to work on some really, really cool, really useful projects. Um, mm -hmm. And so that part of it and the idea of, man, this thing I built is going to be so, you know, so useful versus in indie game development. It's like when you're creating a game, especially something like a platformer game or something, it's like a lot of people are doing that. It's not like you're necessarily solving a problem, right? And that's not to say you shouldn't do it, right? You sh definitely should. Um, and then I would say the thing that I like, so, so that's, that's my thought on like application development and why I would say I like application development, right? The usefulness of it. Now, game development, I like because it encompasses just so many other skills. Um, and I'm somebody that likes to learn and likes to have my hands in a bunch of different stuff. And so when you're looking at something like game development, it's 
like you're programming, right? But when you're programming, it's like you're bringing together this whole picture of, you know, art and music and, you know, even in, in the indie scene, like marketing and branding and all that stuff. Um, and it's just this really beautiful thing to kind of bring all together. And then programming is really kind of what ties that together. Um, and so I, I really like that process of it's like, well, maybe today I don't feel like programming. Well, I'm going to go do some pixel mm. art, right? Mm. Or I'm going to go work on some music. Mm. And when you're working in application development, it's like, today I don't feel like programming. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be doing programming today, regardless, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Very fair, yeah. So for most people, I think, um, you know, just people around me, my friends, I show them the stuff I do and like all the code I've done. And they look at it, they're like, what did you, what is this? Um, yeah. <laughs> they, you know, for them, programming is a big hurdle. But for somebody like yourself who comes from software development um, and getting into game development, what has been your what have been your biggest challenges? Yeah, so uh, that's that's a great question. Um, and so for me, it's definitely been the art, right? It's been so. This is actually the first project. A lot of my past projects that I was talking about, I would do the programming. I build out all these robust systems for and everything and then my art would be like a couple squares right it it would would be this very simple art because i've never really been able to do that art and i had really convinced myself at that point you know trevor you're a programmer you're not you're not an artist right and that's just so such a limiting mindset to put on yourself Mm -hmm. um and so with this project i what i've really tried to do is do kind of an art first approach um I, i watched you know some other kind of marketing videos and stuff on youtube and how some other indie game developers were going about marketing their projects because you know i wanted to do something that Mm -hmm. you know i could potentially gain an audience with and what most of that or the key takeaway that i took away from that was if you're building all these robust systems and programming and everything that's great and you're going to make the game feel really good you're not going to be able to get people to play your game necessarily mm-hmm. by doing that, right? And so they kind of recommend this art-first kind of approach where you really try to, even though you want to build out these systems and everything, you try to almost limit that a little bit and, and kind of tell yourself, I need to you know, gain interest in this. And at the same time as I'm building these systems, I need to be working on the art. Um, so that's been the biggest challenge mm-hmm. for me is is really the art part of it. Um, and so as far as like pixel art and everything goes, it's something I started doing with this project. I really hadn't done, I'd done a little bit of pixel art before, but really not much. Um, and I've kind of been learning as I've been going with this project. And it's so mm-hmm. weird because I would say every month or so, or every, like I look back at my social media posts, um, and this is also, you know, tying back to what we were talking about, about social media, you're kind of mm-hmm. keeping this record of your progress while you're posting on social media as well, right? So I can look back on these older social media posts and be like, oh man, that was some bad pixel art. And I can kind of see <laughs> how far I've come since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I've still got a long way to go uh, to get to the point I want to for this game. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's been the biggest biggest challenge for me is, is actually the art side of it. Do you enjoy that process? Or are you still at the point where it's a bit of a... A bit of a chore. Oh man, I I actually love it. So I and I, I I didn't love it, or I didn't think I would love it as much as I do when I was getting into it. Like it definitely felt like a huge chore at first, and I was like, man, I love building out the soft, you know, the back end to these games and everything. But I'm like, I'm not very good at the art. Um, 
and at first it was like very a very painful process. It was like I, I'd sit down, I'd be like, you know, I kind of want to work on creating this mechanic and programming that and everything, but I'm like, I should really work on what this mechanic looks like. And so I'd sit down, I'd force myself to do that pixel art or whatever. And as soon as I started, and I think posting on social media definitely helps with this because you start getting feedback and you start realizing, hey, maybe I can do this. Um, but yeah, for, for me, it was, it was very much as soon as I started feeling like, you know, as soon as I got rid of that limiting mindset and, and I was really like, hey, yeah, I can do this versus I'm not meant to do this. Um, I really started enjoying it. And now actually one of my favorite things to do on the game is to sit down and put on some, you know, background piano music or something and just go at it with pixel art. Um, and I honestly, I almost like that more than the programming at this point. Um, you seem very self-aware about a lot of things uh, development-wise. Um, you also describe in your Twitter that this whole process is iterative and keeps evolving. Um, one question I always have for other developers is, how do you know when to say, okay, this feature or this piece of art is good enough, I need to move on? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I think that's... Okay, you know, back to that last question, it's like, what do you find challenging? Yeah, that's challenging. Um, so for me, it's very much, I reach a point where I'm working on something, maybe I've been working on something for a day or so, or a couple days, and I, I have this, you know, initial inspiration where I'm making really good progress. And, and, and mind you, this is just for me, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that this is everybody, but for me, it's very much, I reach a point where I'm getting, I'm making less and less progress and I'm starting to tweak these very small little things. And so as soon as I get to that point, I tell myself, okay, this is done for now, right? I'm starting to tweak these little things back and forth and I can't decide on them. I'm gonna call that good and maybe I'll come back to it later, right? And, and I think a good example of that in my game, and, and anyone can kind of go to my Instagram or even Twitter and kind of scroll through my feed and, and go down to see my first cuts of the player character. Um, and I was really proud of the player character I did at the time, um, but I, I really made it a point to stop myself from trying to perfect it on the first try because I knew my art skills weren't really that great at that time. And so what I ended up with, didn't necessarily, it's, it wasn't going to be the final product or anything, but I knew I was going to come back to that later. Um, and actually recently I have come back to that later and I redid them as more of like a pixel art, art style. Um, and I'm really happy with what I came up with, um, but I'm still leaving that completely open, right? I might come back and after I've iterated more and I've learned pixel art better, I might come back and even redo him, right? And it's this idea that you really want to switch your mindset because um, when you're focusing in on something for too long, um, you're starting to do these like little tweaks and everything, and you find that you're really not improving it as much as maybe you were when you first started off, you know, making that thing. Yeah, I think that's when you should probably stop and just realize, hey, I can. It's it doesn't have to be done, right? But maybe it's good enough, or maybe I'll come back to it later when I've developed those skills and I'm able to do something or create that vision that I want to. Has uh, any of the art you made for your game in informed or inspired mechanics for example like when i developed my character when i designed my character you know he's got like this big pompadour hairdo and i was like well what if he uses that to pick stuff up and throw it at characters you know 
So, yeah, but that yeah. came after I created the design. So has there any, been anything like that with the art you created where you were like, oh, maybe this could be used, you know, functionally somehow? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, there, there's a couple things that come to my mind right away with that. So, um, so in, in the, the story of my game and everything, the player's dead, he's got a halo, right? And actually, this isn't something that I thought of myself, but through playtesting the game with some you know close friends and everything, they were like, man, he's got this halo, but it doesn't really, st like, what if he could like use the halo to do stuff? Like, what if he could like use the halo as a lasso or something like that? And so it's kind of got my mind now on, yeah, well, maybe I could do some cool mechanics with that halo. Um, and not saying that I, I will do that, but that's that's something that's in the back of my head now for sure. And I, I think at some point I might I might try to do something with that. Um, so that's one way that comes to mind. And there's actually another way that inspired me to kind of redesign the character just a little bit. Um, and, and so this is almost the opposite of what you're saying, right? And so this is that I created the character and he has this really big head, right? Um, it's he, he kind of looks like a little bit like a pop figure or something almost, but I wanted to do the mecha this mechanic where he, you know he was able to climb on the ceiling, um, and it would just look super awkward because it's like I would have to stretch out his arms so much for him to actually look <laughs> like, like he's bonk. climbing on the ceiling. I exactly, yeah. And so it's like, man, I like that the character has a big head. I feel like it makes him stand out a little bit, but at the same time, it's making some of these mechanics a little difficult. Um, and so that's something I'm still trying to figure out a little bit. Um, I think with kind of the rework I, I did of the player character, it's a little bit better. Uh, it's something I'm still improving on a little bit, though. And I don't necessarily want the answer of that to be, I'm going to get rid of a mechanic. And I def I also don't want the answer to be, I'm going to change how the character, you know, I'm going to shrink the character's head. I don't think that's a good solution in my head either. Um, and so you might say, well, there aren't any solutions. Those are the two solutions. Um, hmm. And maybe that's true, I'm, I'm, but that's part of the, you know innovation and really experimenting around with things. It's like, how can I find that third solution? Um, and so yeah, something I'm still kind of searching for a little bit. Um, yeah, hopefully that I, I think that kind of answers that. I have basically almost the same question, but not about art. Um, when you're adding new things to Unity, like mechanics, are you saying, oh, what if I just made this? mechanic and then apply it to the game or is it oh for the game i really need to have this mechanic is it more just like i'm experimenting with unity oh that's really cool i make a black hole or something maybe i can fit that into the game or is it i really need a black hole yeah so i mean it's definitely a little bit of both um and i, I can give you a good example of kind of a kind of a way that it, it, i think unity or just like programming in unity kind of inspired a mechanic um and that it's something i haven't shown on social media yet it's it's this move it's like this kind of ghost trail mechanic move it's going to be a new orb that i haven't shown on social media or anything just yet that i've, I've kind of been working on um hopefully I'll, I'll start showing that this next month um but the idea behind the mechanic is you kind of leave this ghost trail right and then you can shoot through that ghost trail and it's going to let you pass through any harmful objects Right, and so it lets me kind of come up with these cool little puzzles where it's it's like, well, you're going for this orb, and then now your mindset all of a sudden switches, and you're like, okay, now I can go through things I couldn't go through before. Um, and it was really kind of inspired by I, I was playing with the uh, another mechanic in the game, 
um, which was the it's it's like the flight mechanic is how I refer to it. Um, and it's this little orb you pick up and it lets you kind of fly around and everything. And there was a bug where it was just letting me pass through just about anything. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, maybe this could be something that turns into an actual, you know, when I, like when I was playing around with it and everything, I was, I was kind of like, maybe there's some potential here. Maybe I can, maybe that could be kind of some unique platformer move, right? And so I tried to try to innovate off of that and tried to really come up with something that fit that a little more. And like I said, that'd still be working, working out. But I, 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 th- I think that, um, I think that answers your question there. So how, uh, what are your ambitions for this game as far as, um, you know, just commercially speaking, like, do you want to sell it? Do you want to um, turn it into a franchise? Yeah, yeah, no, another great question. Um, so I can say I don't know exactly what my ambitions are for the game. And I know that might seem like a weird answer. But I think there are so many different possibilities that can come from something. I think this is something that um, I think a good amount of indie game developers have their head wrapped around this, especially if you've got like an entrepreneurial mindset. But I'm, I'm sure some don't, so I'll kind of spell it out a little bit. And that is that when you're creating something like this, you can really, and you're building an audience while you're doing it, you can do a lot of things with that audience, right? And so I'd say my ambition for the game is to hopefully build a little bit of an audience while I'm creating it. And then from there, um, you know, let's say I get to a point where I finish and release the game. Uh, I, to answer your first part of that question, I, I do plan on selling it and releasing it commercially and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'd like it. To, I'd like for it to be on multiple platforms, and we'll. I haven't looked into that a ton, so I mean, we'll see how that goes. But I'd love for it to be on, you know, whatever the current Nintendo platform is at the time, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, PC, so on. Um, but let's see, what was I saying? So. But yeah, so there's this idea when you're building an audience and everything, you can really do anything with that audience, right? And so after I finish the game, my ambitions after that could be a lot of different things, right? Maybe I will, you know, I've just been part of the community so far. I've seen some good pain points on people that are the opposite way as me, right? They have all these art skills, but they're struggling with the programming. You know, maybe I can start some kind of side business or some kind of side hustle where I'm creating Unity scripts and custom Unity scripts and so on, and then um start turning that into like you know some some kind of part-time job almost um so i mean that's a path um i could go down to youtube and i could show hey this is how i made and released my game because uh, i think people find that interesting um or i could make another game um that kind of you know i mean that either relates to that game or i mean i've got of course tons of ideas for other games i, I think any, any game developer has has probably you know lots of ideas for games they want to create <laughs> Um, or I could even go down another route. And so for me, it's really about being able to tell a story. And it doesn't have to be, I, I really like game development because it brings together so many other forms of art. But I'm also really interested in things like illustration and like, like I think it'd be so cool to create like an anime or something. Um, mm. And so it's like, maybe I take that audience and I, I create some anime and maybe that's based off of the game. You know, if I'm able to build that into its own IP or something like that. And and I mean, I guess what I'm trying to get out here really is there's so many possibilities and I'm excited about all of them, no matter, you know, which way that could go. Um, and I mean, just being involved and in, in doing the game, hopefully that'll get me to one of those possibilities. Um, so so when I say I don't know, it's it's a little mm-hmm. more like it could be, could be anything. So uh, my final question for you is now that you're 
a little over half a year in, uh, what tips would you throw back to people just starting uh, indie game dev or 2D platform dev or Unity dev that you've learned along the way? Yeah, so let me think about that. So I would say, so the thing I mentioned about, so if you're a software engineer getting into indie game development, I'd have a specific tip for you, and that is go and learn some of the art as well. Like if you can do the programming, that's awesome. You're probably going to make a game that feels really smooth. And when people play your game, they're going to feel good about it. But there's this whole other side of the coin that I didn't realize, which is you got to get people to come try your game, right? And, and I think that comes down to, I mean, it comes down to marketing, of course, but art is just so much easier to show and market than some underlying system that you've built out. Um, so, so that would be a specific bit of advice for, I guess, anyone with a software background trying to get into indie game development. Um, but just a general, um, some general advice or general tip about getting into indie game development is just go and go and do it, right? And and what I mean by not like it, just do it, right? Nike, right? Like, <laughs> but but really, like, um, go and follow some YouTube tutorials. You know, go find a Bracky's tutorial about a game that you might want to make. And you don't have to understand everything that's going on. Just follow through and, and almost, I'm not going to say blindly follow through, try to learn as much as you can while you're doing it. But you almost can kind of blindly follow through and just program along and, you know, do those things along. And you reach a point eventually where that starts to, it starts to click. Um, and then you feel mm -hmm. like you can actually go do your own thing. Um, and it's this huge, I think game development is this huge, overwhelming kind of thing, right? It involves so many skills, and it's more accessible today than it's it's ever been before. Mm -hmm. I think that's inarguable. Um, but it still requires a lot of different skills, and I think it's really intimidating because of that. Um, so, you know, play to your strengths, get into it, and go find some YouTube tutorials and learn those, you know, learn the things that you don't, you don't know. Um, and that's a little bit of a rant, but yeah, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I think that's probably what I would say to that. <laughs> no, that makes makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. All right, let's close off this conversation with a non-game development related question. Uh, what are some of your favorite metal bands? Ooh, man. Okay, so let's see. I am really into um, this. Is I don't know why this is always such a tough question. I really like <laughs> a band called um, called Phineas. I don't know if you ever heard of Phineas. Mm -hmm. um, I, I grew up on like um, like Trivium and um, mm -hmm. you know I, I like some heavier bands like Chelsea Grin, for example. Um, it's it's a lot of like really metalcore kind okay. kind of stuff. Um, and, and I know heavy metal's got so many different subgenres. So maybe I should yeah. ask you the same question: <laughs> what, what kind of heavy metal bands are? If, if you're asking the question, I imagine. Sure. Well. <laughs> Well, I live and breathe uh, Dream Theater and uh, nice. Mega okay. Megadeth, Fear Factory, um, Iron Maiden. I think are like my top four. Anthony, nice. Okay, very nice. I um, I'm really into two bands right now. Uh, one is called Bell Accord. I think I think that's how you pronounce them. Um, the other one is impossible to say. They've got some like. Norse name. It's like kind of oh. like trying to say Igidrasil or however you see that that tree. You know, it's like just a bunch of letters that don't even make sense. So it's really hard to say what the band is called. But, <laughs> that seems um, to be a lot of metal bands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 
I think like like the best metal concert I ever went to was Amonomarth. They were incredible. Mm. Oh, I, I love Amonomarth. I was actually about to say Amonomarth as well in my best. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, yeah, Amonomarth is they're 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 awesome. Just this total Viking metal kind yes. of. Yes, they just represent. <laughs> they're branding on what they do, and everything is just so well done. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, right on, guys. All right, so that's uh, that's going to be it for this episode. So uh, today we've had Trevor Mock, and uh, it was an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, well, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. It was you know, a pleasure to be here. I thought it was an awesome conversation as well. Thank you. It was, it was a lot of fun. So this has been uh, Dev's Advocate. My name is Eric. My name's Anthony, and we'll see you next time.